Mulligan from the Schmodown Entertainment Network, movie trivia Schmodown manager, and you are listening to the Atomic Podcast. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Delavan, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman. My guest today, she is one of the funniest persons I have ever heard. Ladies and gentlemen, from SEN, Kate Mulligan. Kate, how are you? You are so sweet. I could hear you correct you. You didn't want to say one of the funniest women. You said persons. <laughs> oh, you caught that. You caught that. <laughs> I got to tell you, I appreciate it. Because that means, that means I'm in category with men, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you see, it, it always bothers me. Like, even when they have categories of actors, actresses. Like, it should just be actor, you know? But, <laughs> yeah. you know? First of all, I just want to say welcome back to the Midwest. And um, how are you loving the snow? <laughs> in LA and I know that seems like such a champagne problem <laughs> truly we you know we we just we've got we've got summer and we've got less hot summer basically <laughs> so my boys I've got two kids I've got a three-year-old and a uh, almost six-year-old and they are I mean we, we got like a foot of snow the second day the first day we were in mm-hmm. it's been amazing they are just loving it like it, it's 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 like a texture they don't know. It's like, you know, wow. the only thing comparable is like like we're climbing like the like the snow plow and my on my parents' street like shit makes a big like mound they're climbing up but they're like it's like the sand dunes. I'm like, yeah, kinda <laughs> Wait, so actually they're seeing snow for the first time, right? This is their actually first yes. time well, Wow. I think I mean the baby is seeing snow for the first time that he remembers. My older son's seen it before. But I don't, I mean, it's really, it's been so many years now because especially, usually we travel, but because of the pandemic, we have not been traveling out east to see my husband's family or here, Uh, but we just had to make it work. Just had to. So we made it work. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, a lot of people talk about how 2020 was a bad year for them, or some people actually, professionally, they said it's been a good year for them. Um, How has, how has 2020 been for you? Good or bad or both? You know, it's it's so interesting um, because I think that that's a great question. I don't let me try and put my thoughts together on it. I would say like I think so. So you know, I'm part of the Schmodown world, which is the, the movie trivia Schmodown. I don't know if your listeners are aware of it yeah. or not, but basically, mm-hmm. it's 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 like a. a it's movie trivia, but in the sort of in the, the lens of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's, um, you know, we have characters, we um, there's managers and the, the competing is real. Like there's no it's not unlike professional wrestling, it's not like a, a, an end that's been predetermined. Like they really compete in different categories and stuff. Now, I would say that that is something that, like, we do live shows on a normal year. We do in-studio matches. And I feel like a lot of that was lost um, mm-hmm. in 2020 when we had to move to the virtual format. But mm-hmm. it's still, I don't know, it seems like when you when you do virtual, I don't think we lost any audience necessarily. And, you know, um, you know 
I'm on this this morning show called uh, SEN, which is Shmodan Entertainment Network, and mm-hmm. that it seems like that audience has only grown because there's more people I think available to tune in. Yeah. So it's sort of been like it's it's not it's not been as rewarding in terms of getting you know to be with coworkers or getting to vibe off somebody in a studio. Mm-hmm. But it's been great. I don't feel like it's. I don't feel like the business model has suffered because of not being able to be in person. I think the biz, I think truthfully, our audience can only grow when we get back to studio matches because I think it's more. I think it's more incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. But I think I really don't. I don't know. For me personally, I feel like it was. It was kind of a magical year in the sense that when else would I be home with my kids mm-hmm. like. It, like you, like there would be a teacher that sees them come up with a certain thought, or there, you know, it's yeah. it sort of has been a reminder of like what we miss. It's listen, it's necessary. I need to send them back to school. At some point. <laughs> but like, you yeah. really do become aware of like, God, you miss so much in those hours that they're at school, and it's sort of been this very precious time for me personally, where it's like, as much as I want to throw them both out a window at the end of the day, and I've got a massive drinking problem now, um, it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it, it's funny because some people consider it like a blessing and a curse because depending how your relationship is in the house with husbands or wives or kids or whatever yeah. it's like oh my god i'm furloughed and i'm here with this person every fucking day you know and sometimes yes. it could be a blessing and a curse but also yes. it it could either bring you closer together or it could tear you apart so it's like almost like if you didn't know you was really in love to be with a person 24 yeah. 7 not go to work you know this is love <laughs> you know oh my god i'm telling you that the truer words have never been spoken and it's i have to say there's also there is sort of like this um there's been sort of this dance of like figuring out like, okay, what, what do we each need? Um, because at the end of the night, I'm done with people. I'm done with the English language. I don't want anyone talking to me. I don't want to talk to anyone. And so it's, it's, it, I think if it was a normal year, this might be considered a dysfunctional relationship because at the end of the night, he goes and does his thing. I go and do my thing. We meet up for bed. Right. But like, it's, but like, done all of the talking we needed to do during the day yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. it's like we just each need a little bit of alone time and again as i said like i don't think that would be a good sign if like we hadn't seen each other all day and we were coming home from work and we still didn't want to see each other that would probably be a, a red flag but i feel like it's just sort of creating boundaries for yourself and and like respecting other people's boundaries and it's been i don't know it's kind of been nice to like get back into certain interests or like i even I started playing video games. <laughs> I didn't know I loved video games. <laughs> Wait, let me let me ask you a question. Are you proficient in video games? That's the question. No. no. <laughs> okay, okay. Not at all. I play Animal Crossing and like Mario Odyssey and Mario Party. I'm basically a seven year old. <laughs> oh my god. But it's it's been such an escape. Like I. You know, I didn't grow up. We never had a Nintendo. We never had anything, nothing growing up. And it was just like, that's not true. We had those, and I'm finding them here. I think they're really good for this. Um, those tiger, the tiger handheld games. Yes. Nintendo. Oh, my God. I had, like, Paperboy. Like, I've got yeah. Paperboy here. Yeah. <laughs> but we never had video games. So, for me, I had, like, such a 
judgy, like, because it was just something that was like, no, we don't do video games, like, we do homework, we read books, you watch TV, that's it, that's the extent of it. Like, I don't know why I was like, oh, video games are not good for people. It has been such, like, an amazing thing to, at the end of a day, turn on Animal Crossing and, like, be on an island and, like, it's it, this is like whoever created Animal Crossing has got to be rolling in millions because like it was the most perfect year to release it. You walk around and talk to other people. Yes. <laughs> like, you get on a plane and fly to a different island. It's all of the things I can't do right now, and it's been such a nice escape. Yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of like Sims with animals, basically, right? It's sort exactly. of like that. Yeah. It totally is. It totally is, and like. You can just also just like be like, okay, I'm gonna go catch some fish now, and then you catch the fish, and it's very—I don't know—like it feels like it's such a weird thing that I got obsessed with, but it was like a very calming thing at the end of the day. And again, they don't speak English to me; they just go. Yep. Yep. Oh my god, that's so hilarious, man! Especially, you know, it's funny how you say that because you say you know you're home a lot more and. You're talking a lot more. And also, when you do SEN, you're also talking. Your job is talking. Yes. You're talking a lot, talking yeah. a lot. And you don't, you're you not really having to deal with the outside world unless you definitely have to go out and go shopping and whatnot. Has it made you a little stir-crazy in some ways? Or you think you're still the same person you are when you was before the pandemic? It's a great... That's another great... You've got great questions. I would say... I think, I think I'm the same. I do have to say... Um, and I think this is, I, I, I don't think I'm unique in this. I think I'm, I'm with everybody that's living through this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've, I've put some of the processing of what's happened off. I think that I'm somebody, like I sort of, I realized this, um, I, I, uh, I, I see a psychiatrist still um, mm-hmm. virtually, but for, um, I had pretty severe postpartum depression. After wow. having my, it turns out I probably had it after my first son, but just didn't know how to identify it. I guess I was just like, I think this is how you're supposed to feel when you have a baby. Mm-hmm. But then it was really pronounced after my second. Wow. And so I started talking to her and I was saying, you know, I, I think something I've realized is that like, I've got like an incredible um, coping mechanism and I'm not like bragging on myself because you'll see it's not great, but I've got this mm-hmm. incredible coping, coping mechanism where it's like, if there's an emergency, like I will just do the thing I need to do. I will white knuckle it. Depend, like it doesn't, re- like it doesn't matter. Like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, like you know, cut, like just tourniquet the the wound and keep going. And then what happens is once I get to a safe zone, uh, the grief sort of swoops swoops in. And I've got an example for this. I realized there was like one time I was, um, I uh, I have a. I'm I'm a madrina to um, my little niece Maya, mm-hmm. and she um, her parent her mom was turning forty, and they're like, "Will you come to the birthday party? Our birthday, you know, the fortieth birthday party. This was years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Come to this birthday party, and then will you spend the night? And then will you get up early with Maya the next day so that we can have a sleep in after her birthday?" I was like, "No problem, of course." Yeah. Cut to, I get wasted at the birthday party. I mean, I get blacked out. Oh, shit. So then I have to go sleep in the bedroom with the baby. This was, again, years ago. I was, like, still in my 20s, I think. So I sleep, and I wake up with her, and I can tell I'm going to be massively sick. I'm so wildly hungover. I can tell I'm going to be so sick. I'm going to be so sick. So I end up... Um, I end up just like holding it together, holding it together, holding it together. Mm-hmm. And the moment they woke up, I puked everywhere. 
Oh it shit! It was like I suddenly. It was like suddenly because I. I. It was like there was like a, I was safe to like sort of let things go. I did it, and I know this seems like a weird example, but I feel like I've sort of like done what needs to be done. Like I'm just doing what needs to be done right now. Yeah. And that there's gonna come a moment when I'm vaccinated, when it's gonna be okay. And I think everything that's happened is going to hit me. And I think I'm going to really have like a grieving process then about what we lost. Mm-hmm. But like, I just sort of been go, 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 go. This is the new life. This is what we do now. Da, 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 da. Like, just, you know, just keep going, just keep going. And as soon as it's like, it's safe, you can let your guard down. You can stop white knuckling it. Oh, that's yeah. when I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to, um, that's when I feel like it's really going to hit me. So I don't feel any different right now. <laughs> I think I'm going to feel really different when this thing ends which might not be this year yeah we're being honest but yeah Yeah. anyway that was a very long way to say (laughs) (laughs) it's totally fine i'm like i love that i'm like oh i just don't want to talk to people at the end of the day and then i just gave you a 90 minute explanation it's 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 totally fine like i know you were saying you were saying that you see a a therapist you know i see a therapist myself and um it's been usually through zoom meetings sometimes and before it was over the phone now it's through zoom meetings um do you feel much better talking over the phone as opposed to seeing your therapist face to face or do you feel like the same effect like do you feel that you know what i actually so i what i see right now i actually don't have a therapist right now i have a psychiatrist so the psychiatrist okay her predominant, um, so her intake, the intake is sort of to figure out what was going on with me. So I would see her like pretty regularly at the beginning. And then when she put me, I, so I am medicated. I'm on, I'm on Zoloft. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so basically it's just every couple months, it's just a 30 minute check-in mm-hmm. to sort of like, just she's, her, her focus is really just on figuring out if the medication's working okay. and to see sort of how I'm processing because I think she was at first a little bit in disbelief, and she's like, so how are you doing? It's a very tough time. And I was like, I'm good. <laughs> she was like, what? I was like, I'm good. And it wasn't like the medicine dose is too high. I'm actually on a pretty relatively low dose. Not that it matters. It doesn't matter. Whatever dose a person needs is what a person should get. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, but, I, but for me, and that's when I like started, like, she does still talk to me about that stuff, but I gotta tell you, for the most part, like, I, I, and I, and the thing is, I was actually in the process because she could see me less if I was seeing a therapist. Mm. So I actually still need to find somebody, but the pandemic happened, and I'm like, I don't know how to enter, like, I don't know how to go about finding a therapist <laughs> from, from a distance. Like, how do yeah. I know what works with me? So, but yeah, I don't know. How do you find it? Do you feel like it's, it was better, like, on the phone or, in, like, seeing the person? Well, well, for me, I think I say, well... I don't know because my therapist is like I get emotional like when I'm actually there depending on the topic I'm talking about where I'm there face to face as opposed as opposed to over the phone it's kind of impersonal but it is personal in a way because you know you're pretty much saying all the shit you want to tell your therapist as opposed to somebody like your husband or your friend so you're like you're regurgitating everything that you feel in your heart so it's sort of the same way but except like if I'm let's say crying over the phone she's not you know she'll hear me but it's like you know I'm just laying down coached up all hair fucked up I duck in my eyes and just like talking crap you know so um I feel feel it's more Yes, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's almost like a confessional. Yes, yes. <laughs> you don't see the priest; you just say your shit. <laughs> yes, 
Except I'm not in the little booth and I don't have to worry about anything. But yeah, exactly. Yes. Sort of that same feeling. Yes. But um, I, I think it's 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 refreshing in a way too. I think it's a little bit better because you know every especially you know it from living in California and the Midwest. You gotta you have to drive everywhere. So it's like I'm saving myself gas money and I'm actually oh, yeah. prepping myself to talk. You know, so I think it's a little bit much better. Even though nothing nothing beats interpersonal relationships because I'm a um I'm an extrovert, so I love being around people. So not being around people kind of hurts in a way in some ways and in some ways it's kind of a blessing too so it's a double-edged yeah, yeah it's a double-edged sword a hundred percent and i feel like um i uh i feel like uh, it's for me like there's also this element too where like there's such an effort that needs to be made to be like and now i'm going to okay i need to give myself 45 minutes to get to the okay so now i have to get into my car mm-hmm. now i have to make sure that there's gas in the car now i have to mm-hmm. make sure that there's not traffic now i have to make like and it's so there's something that's been so great i just think there's going to be a real adjustment period when like we have to go in person to see our therapist again because it's such a it's such an added effort yeah. and that's the sort of thing too like it's it's one of those things where it's sort of like well if this if if it's you know because it is an effort and because it is work. And like, I applaud you by the way, like it's work to go to a therapist. Yeah. And I think that like part of the reason why I didn't, I, I wasn't on top of getting one before. Cause I was like, well, I have a psychiatrist. I talked to her enough, da, 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 whatever, but it's work. So to me, it's sort of like, God, if I had one, I would probably be really good about if I had one right now, I'd probably be good about keeping up my appointments. But as soon as, as soon as, like, I'm going to have to get back in a car, I'll be like, I feel fine enough. This is too much work, you know? Like, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. I also have a very dark thought. <laughs> I, wonder if, I wonder if anybody else has thought, but I feel like there is going to be, like, when the pandemic's over, yeah. in part, like, part and parcel with, like, the effort or, like, not going in person. I have a feeling there's like a lot of health issues that aren't being addressed, having nothing to do with COVID. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, like if you feel a pain in your back, you probably aren't like, oh, I should go see a doctor. You're probably just like, eh, I'll take an ibuprofen or whatever. I have a feeling that the pandemic's going to end and there's going to be like a spike in like other diagnoses mm-hmm. for things that people weren't getting treated during this time because they're too scared to go see a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I think, think yeah. I think so too. I, I just think, you know, there's I don't know, like to be honestly, I don't think it's gonna get better right away. I like the way yeah. the movie theaters are now. It's kinda it, like I always tell a lot of people this, it's like an oxymoron with certain things. You have to go to a mask to go to Walmart, but you can you you have to wear a mask to go inside a restaurant, but then you take off your mask in front of a restaurant and you're sitting and you're eating and everybody ha- doesn't yeah. have their mask on, they're coughing and whatnot, and they're still eating and whatnot. You yeah. could you could go yeah. to a bar without a mask and there's no social distancing at a bar because there's like a mom and pop bar, so they're trying to get everybody in there as much as they can, serve a lot of alcohol and everybody's close to each other. So it's yeah. like it, it, you know, and Governor Evers, what he's done in Wisconsin is just so like I don't know. He's just so such a turd because there's like so many is different rules for different things, but then nothing's pretty much implemented. You know, especially yeah. yeah go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Interrupt. You know, I was gonna say I feel like this is sort of this is something we're seeing all over the country. I don't know. I I, I actually am curious to know which state has it sort of under control the best, but it seems like there's no the rules all seem pretty arbitrary. It's, you know, outdoor restaurants, fine, but an outdoor gym isn't. What? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yep. It's, you know, it's, it's just like, it seems like 
and that's and that's that's true in California too. And like you know, we also we had a governor who, by the way, I voted for him, but when when he was running, but, but you know, he, he's a governor who said, "Don't go Christmas, don't go," you know. And and by the way, he's not wrong. Like there was a huge spike after family gatherings around Christmas time and Thanksgiving time. Mm-hmm. But then he showed like he's in a video in a crowded restaurant with a mask off with friends. And I'm not saying this on the I'm saying this on the national level, but also on the state levels. Any sort of cohesive, like how is it that New Zealand? And I know that they're much smaller, mm-hmm. but how is it that New Zealand has it completely under control? Yeah. And that that comes down to when you enter their country, you stay two weeks on site, you get tested, you get released into the country. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. It's like, and I know we're a much bigger country, but I just feel like there hasn't been a really cohesive plan Mm -hmm. and i think that that and i think i don't know i I don't know how it is in wisconsin but i can tell you california was a hotbed los angeles county specifically and maybe that's population density but like my kids not going back to school this year Mm -hmm. i don't think i think there's going to maybe be a hybrid model in the fall Mm -hmm. but we can't get our numbers under control and yeah. I don't know why that is, honestly. Yeah. Um, I have a nine-year-old daughter, and I know it's affected her in a way where she can't really see her friends anymore. Like, she does school virtually. So, yeah. like, in a way, it got her... Not that she wasn't tech-savvy before, because she's always on YouTube and watching, like, It's Funya or Roadblocks. But, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> but it made her more tech-savvy school-wise, computer-wise, and almost as, like... In a way, sort of like kind of isolated from like seeing her friends because like everything yes. is done at the house or whatever. Do you feel your kids are more isolated now since they're not like around like other kids mostly? Or yeah, you know what's yeah. so interesting? I do you, is, is your daughter an only child? Um, no, she has an older sister, but her older sister's okay. in New York though. But yeah, you can oh, say she's an only child though. She is an only child now. You can say that. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, like she's only child currently during this time. Yeah. Yes. Because what I, what I will say is that I feel like um. As hard as it is to have more than one kid, it has been such a blessing because I have multiple of my son's friends from preschool. So we, this this all started when they were in preschool. They didn't get to graduate preschool. So mm-hmm. I would say out of the, the like friend group of nine of mm-hmm. them, seven of them didn't have siblings. And it has been so hard on those kids. And, and, and by the way, I think it's great to have only children. Yeah. I just I really feel for single parents during this time, like single parents need an award at the end of this all. Mm-hmm. And I also feel for single for only children because it just it's you know when you don't have a peer, I think that that's so hard. Thankfully, and I do, I don't think it's great, but thankfully my boys have each other. Mm-hmm. So there was sort of a pretty easy transition from going. They both went to preschool from going to preschool to just me sort of doing a preschool type schedule at our house. Mm-hmm. It was harder on me than I think it was on them. And I don't think it's great that my five-year-old only socializes with the three-year-old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think it's great for the three-year-old. <laughs> he's, he's got an older sibling. I, I will say, you know, my son is also doing virtual school, which is why we are able to be here mm-hmm. um, in Chicago right now. He, I will say, he definitely, there's like, he he didn't know how to do a computer at all. Mm-hmm. And so it's so wild that I can be like, okay, sign on. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's just, it's a, it is a strange thing. And it's, you know, the, the one thing 
that sort of gives me comfort in all of this, and I don't know if you feel this way as a parent too, is that like they're all going through it. Mm-hmm, so yeah. they're all going to go back as zombies. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> your daughter's not going to be the only one that returns to school and is like, oh my God, how do I talk to kids? Yeah. Because they're all going to go back to school that way. Yeah. It's going to be a, a shock to the system in general. Yeah. I know, but here, here is like it's 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 um half and half here because there's kids who um, who are you have the option of doing it virtually, but there are kids like still going to school, but it's like they go to school I think three days or four days out the week, and Wednesday is just everybody's home virtually. But there's some kids that are go back to school because there's parents that have to work and you know they have yes. to have their kids go yes. to school, so that's another thing right there. Yeah. I know, so that's true. It's not all kids, I guess. Ugh. Well, yeah. now I do feel bummed. <laughs> <laughs> now it is going to be. Well, it's funny. I have a, um, my best friend from childhood lives in Slinger, Wisconsin. Are you familiar with Slinger? S- that's kind of up north, right? I believe. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. I think it's, but but her kids have been in school sub- since the beginning of the school year, and I was like, wait, what? Oh shit! She was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's, I didn't know that, that was a thing. I thought yeah. at least the beginning of the school year nobody was starting. I have. I mean. I don't know what to, it's yeah it's it's um and again I think that's I, I asked her even I was like do you think that's a population density thing because I don't think it's very populated there necessarily yeah. but she's she's like maybe she's like and there, you know there's been a couple of scares and certain pods had to shut down and while there was an outbreak and but then you know they never sent us all home yeah <laughs> wow so yeah. I'm like, all right, Slinger should run the country. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's different in different states, though. I think I don't I, like I, I don't because I'm, I'm I'm originally from New York, and I know New York is done. I think it's done both ways, virtually, and you can go yeah. to school. It depends on like the situation of the parent as the well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because there's, I you know, I think about. <clears throat> excuse me. We have this wonderful mail carrier named Sandy. Mm-hmm. Sandy has four kids, wow. and she's delivering mail to my house every single day, and I'm like. Sandy, what are you doing with it? Like, it, it, it's crazy to me that her kids can't be in school. And she's an essential worker. She's like, doing it. and she is an 18 year old who basically has become a mom to these three younger kids. Wow. And it's like, it just, it's, it's the, the amount of sacrifices people have had to make. And I'm, I'm sure Sandy's happy to still have a job. But what, I mean, I just think about how, like, what a luxury I have to sort of, like, look at this time and think, oh, I think it's going to be sort of a magical time that I'll look back on this and think, wow, how special I got to be with my kids. Then there's people who are busting their asses all day long <laughs> and don't get to spend this time with their kids and have to figure out how to take care of their kids. I mean, it's 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 pretty incredible to me how everybody's experience in this is going to be, you know, connected, but so vastly different. And I, I really feel for those for those people who are hustling every day and there's not an option for them to stay at home. Yeah. Well, hopefully I, I, I have a feeling it's going to get, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But I think with the vaccine having the rollout, I know a lot of essential workers, yeah. people I know who work at hospitals are already getting like vaccine number one and vaccine number two down. And so far yeah. they still, ha- they don't have eyes coming out in the back of their head. So I think everything yeah. is, <laughs> you know, you hear all these crazy stories of these vaccines and side effects and whatnot. So you're like, okay, I'm kind of scared now to get this done, you know, but I know, you know, it is. So it's also so amazing to me. I, I did um, stand up with Mark uh, Ellis virtually on, on New Year's Eve. And one of my jokes had been, um, was just sort of like, you know, I do have some questions for 2020, but one of them is, for me, and this is like something that truly baffles me. I'm like, okay, so you're, so, so where's our AIDS vaccine? <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. You're making a lot of money on on HIV drugs. That yeah. I guess you don't want to prevent it. I don't. It's, I don't put it like I don't this. I consider myself a conspiracy theorist, but <laughs> yeah. like, man, this this vaccine is this the rollout of this within a year proves to me. Okay, if if it's important to the economy, they would have done this. Yeah. For AIDS. <laughs> I know, but if you think about if you think about it like this, though, there's still not a cure for the common cold. So it's like they have all these cold medicines, all these things, you know, cough drops and, and nose inhalers. Yes. But you know, yes. there's no common cure so for true. that. You know, it's true. <laughs> it's so true. Um, Kay, um, I know you're pressed for time, pressed for time, but um, getting involved in the schmodown and getting involved in yeah. SEN and getting involved. And basically, where everybody's seeing your face, knowing your face, I don't know if you have obsessed fans, regular fans, crazy fans, sane fans. Um, how are you dealing with all that? You know, especially, you know, jumping back into the yeah. game, you know? I, I think you have a much different idea of what... <laughs> I don't know that I have any fans. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, well, I just... I, there's There are definitely no obsessed fans. I think I'm an almost 40-year-old woman who's a mom. I don't think I have... I don't think I have that appeal that... <laughs> Out to, to 
to tell their own stories or, mm-hmm. you know, just, just support me. I, I don't know. It just feels like it's been, it's just been a really lovely community. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I sort of see it as like peers or friends more than fans because I don't know. Like I just, <laughs> I just, I can tell you the names of most everybody who's reached out to me, or I could tell you a detail about these people. And I sort of just feel like it's, I just got all these friends that I maybe have not met yet, but mm-hmm. these just virtual friends. And that's sort of been lovely. Um, and I think, you know, this, this upcoming season um, of Schmodown, I think it's going to be, I think maybe we're going to be pulling in some new fans. We've got some, some pretty cool celebrities that are going to be part of it this year. And, yeah. um, and I don't have any of those celebrities on my team, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I just think, I do think like, you know, there's like, maybe at some point I will feel like, Oh now I have fans. But right now I just feel like I have friends that I haven't met yet. Yeah. And it's, it's been, it's been, I guess a blessing for you, like, you know, to, you know, come back to the game and, you know, come back aboard and, you know, having all these people you connect with, you know, especially, you know, your coworkers and, and, you yes. know, people you mean virtually that it's given you an outlet that I guess you haven't had before. Right. Pretty much. No, absolutely. It's it, you're, you're articulating it perfectly. I, I feel like I'm, I'm just so lucky. I sort of, I, I did stand up with Christian Harloff years yeah. ago, back in 2006, 2007 mm-hmm. and 2008 too, I guess. But, um, and he just sort of, I did like early schmoes, no reviews with him and Ellis. Like I did stand up with Ellis back in that day too. Yeah. They've been like darling friends of mine, but like, you know, Christian got married. He had kids and I got married and I wasn't like, you know, in LA, it's very funny. I don't know how it is in like New York, but like in LA, like I actually don't think it's this way in New York. I think like, it doesn't matter. Like if your best friend lives in the Bronx and you live in Manhattan, you're going to see them all the time still. It's easy to get there. Right. Yeah. In LA, if you don't live in the same neighborhood, you don't see people because it's effort. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we just sort of lost touch. And then two years ago now, I guess at the end of 2018, Christian was like, hey, you got, you're in Burbank now? You've got to come do my show. This is when he was still at Collider Live. Yeah. And so he, he pulled me back in. And I was like, oh, my God, this because I really thought I had to know a lot about movies. And I know a lot about the movies that I've seen, but I haven't seen a lot of movies. <laughs> so that was <laughs> like, I can tell you anything you need to know about Goonies. I cannot tell you. Like, I don't know what movie Steven Seagal has been. In, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I was like, oh, I don't think he wants me in this fold. And then he's like, no, I need I want your personality. So for mm. him to bring me back into this and for me to sort of have this reuniting with like with him and mark ellis and then for mark to give me this platform now to occasionally do stand-up again i mean it's just been it's like it's i'm too lucky it's like it's been awesome and it's honestly it's it's definitely i think you know part of my postpartum depression had come from there's like this whole identity that gets you get a new identity when you become a parent yeah especially when you become a mom yeah. And I sort of felt like I lost my old identity and I feel like this community, like Christian and Mark have like really helped me find my old identity again while still having my new identity, which is, you know, mm-hmm. somebody's mom. Yeah. yeah. So you could say you're like a Diana Prince when you're at home and you're Wonder Woman when you're on Schmodown, right? <laughs> yes. I would say I'm chunk when I'm at home and I'm mouth when I'm out. <laughs> 
Everything's sort of Goonies reference. I'm Chunk at home, and I'm uh, mouth out in the world. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I know um, you're back in Chicago. Um, Have you had your deep dish as of yet? You know what's funny? I haven't, and I actually... So for me, it's Loom Malnati's. Like, I grew up on Geno's. Okay. Geno's clothes. The pandemic made Geno's East Downtown clothes. I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, no, we haven't done it. I don't know if that's the sort of thing, too. I've sort of been waiting for my parents to... Once we're, so we're taking our tests on, uh, we're taking the COVID test on Saturday. Okay. Hopefully we'll have the results by Sunday and we can all move in together. Um, <laughs> but I'm sort of waiting for them. But honestly, now that you say it, I'm like, shit, I need it now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Let me let me just tell you. Um, um, you've been to New York. Um, I had a. Uh, um, to me, New York pizza is still hands down the best. There's something about yeah. deep dish and a lot of doughy and sauce is just too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. But um, what's your yeah. favorite pizza? New York or Chicago? I'll tell you what. I have. Um, I think a Chicago pizza. Should, I mean, it's it's really its own thing. I think like. Yeah. If somebody's like, "Do you want to order a pizza?" I'm never like, "Let's order a deep dish." <laughs> deep dish is an event yeah. you know like ordering a pizza is like basic to me i just i love so i love i i do love like on a, on a weeknight when i'm like oh, i didn't plan dinner or whatever i love just like a new york style pizza no yes question. yes i actually we um christian got me on to pizza wagon of brooklyn which is in sherman oaks mm-hmm. that place is proper that wow. that place was good and we also there's another place by us uh in, in Burbank, actually called Central Park Pizza, and I want to say the people—I forget where they're from. They might be from Elizabeth, New Jersey. But ah, we get that constantly, okay. which is you know, it's like you fold it in half. Yes. Down. It's that's, that's the pizza. That's, that's, yes. That. Yes. The way they, the way like the way of John Travolta is eating a pizza in Saturday Night Fever, just like yes, that. You know. Absolutely. Let me get the two two pizzas. The way, Chunk yep. Is, yep. the way Chunk is eating the ice cream and the Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome, Kate. Um, so far, I, I know you have to do, um, do the show in a bit as we speak right now. But um, yeah. but um, let me ask you just a few, not hard hitting questions, but just my standard questions I usually ask people. Yeah. Um, what has been your um highest highs and your lowest of lows? In my life, yes. Hmm. Um, I think strangely, having kids is the answer for both. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a um, double entendre right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, um, I think, yeah, I think that there's nothing, there's nothing that has made me feel more filled with purpose or hope or joy than becoming a mom. Absolutely. Hands down, bar none. And I think every single day I look at these kids and I think, how, how are they mine? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that that, for me brought some darkness with it which is you know and i've worked through it and thank god for my psychiatrist but (laughs) yeah um i think that is such a strange thing to like i think it's it's part part of why i think uh, postpartum stuff is so tricky is because you're sort of i can actually say out loud like this is the gift amongst like it's the best gift in the world why do i feel so sad or why do i feel so angry and I think that's that's some of my lowest lows, definitely. You know, especially after the birth of my second child, um, my 
my husband, I just feel like I was behaving so erratically, so unstably. I was just so full of rage, just rage. And I really felt like he had one foot out the door. And that was probably my lowest low was just like being somebody that he didn't like, that I didn't like, that my kids didn't like. And that was so, and that's, you know, I think to an extent I, I was, you know, there was maybe a small portion of that I was in control of, but a lot of it I wasn't in control of. And it's just a, I don't want to like excuse my behavior, but it is just sort of like this, this crazy, um, this this sort of it's not just hormones but this part of you just you just things get unlocked anxieties get unlocked like you've never cared so much about anything i mean you know as a parent like yeah you what has ever meant more to you than keeping your kid safe and healthy so Mm -hmm. there's like this all the stuff that gets unlocked so everything just feels so big and so for me that was probably my lowest of lows and getting help was the answer to that for me for sure yeah no and and it's amazing that you can do that because there's a lot of people out there that you know men and women included they need somebody to talk to and the thing is a lot of people especially in the midwest here they're very prideful like oh you don't need to pay money for that you shouldn't talk to nobody you can figure it out yourself you know it's that machismo that oh i don't need to talk to anybody and there's people out there that actually need an outlet and they don't Either either they don't pursue it, or you know what bugs me out is people here who have insurance. They have insurance and they don't use yeah. it. You know they just don't fucking use it. It's just crazy. I know it's a, it is a um. Well, I think there's yeah. I think it's I think it's seen as a sign of weakness. Yeah. You know I think it's um I think of it as like the way um the way women still talk about epidurals. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I I took an epidural. For, with both of my children and my focus before having my first baby was i don't want to take an epidural it just got it was just a sign of weakness to me mm-hmm. right yeah. like oh my sister didn't take one my mother didn't take one and somehow you have this idea of like it's you're a better you're a better person you're a stronger person if you don't take an epidural mm-hmm. and to me i feel like there's that's sort of an analogy or sort of like a metaphor for mental health like oh I'm, I, I took I took the mental health epidural. I got on Zoloft. You know, like yeah. how weak am I? And the truth is, you know, at the at the end of at the end of the day, there are going to be women who don't take the epidural, and that's going to be right for them, and they're going to have a beautiful experience with that. And at the end of it, I the only thing that was bad about me taking an epidural in my particular case was my guilt about it was my shame about it that was the only thing that was bad about it because the rest of it i i labored for 20 hours with my first son took the epidural had him two hours later it was basically like it was the thing that i need i was going to keep going i mean it relaxed me i i was laughing while i pushed i was you know it was it was like it was this thing that like ended up and it's sort of part of a beautiful story but then i had all of the shame around it i and you know it's like the first question that women ask each other did you take an epidural and yeah. it's like this yep. more like so to me i feel like that is the same it's sort of a metaphor for like mental health of like oh do you, oh do you see somebody about that yeah. it's like yeah and it's listen if it works for you to not see somebody great it for me i need the help i needed the help and and my relationship needed the help and i have no longer again like i'm talking about having epidurals now i have no shame about it anymore i'm on zoloft i have no shame about that i you know i did the thing that i needed to do and 
for me, there have been no negatives yeah. uh, in regards to that. Like, I had two beautiful births. I, uh, I, you know, I, I was able to sort of mend my relationship with my husband. I was able to become the person that I'm supposed to be. You know, I think something that, and I'm not saying everybody should get antidepressants. I'm saying if you if you feel like you need help, you should get it. For me, the thing that was great about the Zoloft was I was always so sure that antidepressants would make me not feel. Uh-huh. And it's not the case. There's like, I don't know how to explain it, but basically it, it, it like, there's like serotonin is like the, the feel good thing that we have, right? Yeah. And you have these like receptors in our brain. And the antidepressants just make those like a little stickier. They make the serotonin stick better. So basically, before I got in the antidepressant, something bad would happen. I'd stub my toe. And there was no, I would just punch something. I oh. punched our ceiling once. I would just, I just, there was no, there between something silly or bad happening and me having a horrible reaction to it, there was no space. And so the Zoloft has sort of given me like just that little bit of space. Like I stub my toe. And I'm like, that's super annoying. And I sort of, I just sort of have that little bit of space. I still cry. I still get angry. I still feel things. And I think that was sort of, for me, especially growing up in the Midwest, my parents didn't go to therapy. My sister didn't go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Was, you know, it, actually, my sister did, not that I think about it. But, <laughs> but, um, but you know, it, it, it was... Uh, it was like sort of taboo and it was a sign of weakness and I thought it was people just who didn't want to feel things. No, you still feel. <laughs> you just there's just a little bit of cushion between something bad happening and a bad reaction. And that's made all, all the difference in the world for me. Awesome. And um, my final question for you is what yeah. would the Kate of today tell the Kate of yesterday? Ooh. Ooh, you got these hard hitting questions. <laughs> Um, the Kate of today would tell the Kate of yesterday. Man, I think, all right, I think I would probably say, don't worry about the cellulite. Wow. I, it's so funny. I'm, I'm here. I'm here in my. I, I have my. I'm in my high school bedroom. Yeah. There's this mirror in my closet here. I remember it was the first time I noticed when I was in high school. It was the first time I noticed I had cellulite, and I just got so obsessed with it. Like, oh my god, whoa! I get you. And it just. It's just such a dumb thing to focus on. I could have been working on my anger problems instead of worrying about my stupid cellulite. <laughs> And so that's what I would say. I sort of have that lens since I'm here in the bedroom looking at that same mirror. And I'm like, wow, I'm probably 40 pounds heavier now than I was in high school even. Mm. And I'm probably about 40 pounds happier too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's you know, it's, that's, you know, teenage, teenagers, we just, they're, they're very self-involved. Yeah. And self-obsessed. And I get, and I can only imagine God, being a teenager now. <laughs> trust me, I trust me, I totally get it. Before I had more butt than gut, now I got more gut than butt. So I totally get it, man. I'm like, wow, you know, it sucks, you know. It sucks that my front is bigger than my back, but that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, I started to get uh, what I call back titties. <laughs> I put my shoulder blades together. 
together. I got some back. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're so funny, Kate. Um, <laughs> Kate, um, promote um the Schmodown. Promote your social media. Promote any anything you got going on or something. Oh, great. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. Yeah, if you um, if you there's a morning show every morning. Uh, it's ten to noon. Uh, that's Pacific time. That's Schmodown Entertainment Network. You can watch that on YouTube or any podcast. I'm usually on there Wednesdays and Thursdays. Might be bumping up to another day while I'm home in Chicago, but definitely Wednesdays and Thursdays. And then uh, my Instagram is Katist Mom Ever. So like my name, Katist yeah. Mom Ever. Same. That's the same for my Twitter. Um, and movie trivia showdown going into season eight. The season is called War. Again, you can find this on YouTube. Um, <clears> the <throat> Earth Showdown Entertainment Network as well. Um, but I am uh, the faction manager for a faction called The Den. And I've got some, we just had our draft. I am over the moon about the team that I was able to put together. So I think we're, you're going to hear some big things about The Den this year and all uh, the amazing teams and Star Wars players and IG players that I managed to somehow snag in the draft. So that's all coming up this season. First match is probably sometime this month. So sometime in February here. So, um, and that's, yeah, that's, yeah, I, in my Instagram, um, I've, I've been doing sort of impressions with this uh, face swapping app. Yes, awesome so, impressions, uh, yes. <laughs> that's in the highlight. I think I, I think they're called deep fakes. So yep. That's sort of, that, that, that account, the uh, Instagram account is my, not my personal account, but my sort of comedy account. So yeah. anyway, that's that's basically what I got going on. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was the funny, the vivacious. Ladies and gentlemen, Kate Mulligan. Kate, thank you so much for being on the show, and I appreciate you, oh and gosh. hopefully we can do this again, you know, without time constraints. We can do this again sometime. Yes, yes, and thank you so much. I'm sorry I, I over-talked every single point. Nope, you're <laughs> totally fine, and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. <laughs> Have a good one, folks.